This is Clutch Fans. The Rockets are going to Boston. How sweet it is! And by the way, shout out to the Clutch fans. You're listening to the Clutch Fans Podcast, an open conversation for Houston Rockets diehards. Houston Rockets is unbeatable. <laughs> I'm ready to get on Clutch fans. Now, here's your host. The man who would have drafted Harold Miner over... Ah, who cares? We got... Dwight Howard. You know, we we try to do these podcasts centered around some sort of Rockets news, some things to talk about. Uh, Lance, Andrew, guys, anything going on for us to discuss this week? Yes, a little Summer League in Orlando action, right? Yeah, I think we signed that guy from L.A. Um, God, his name slips me. Dwayne um, Dwayne Hayward. That that's what it is. Yeah, Dwayne Hayward. Yeah. Something like that, right? You know, I, it's this has just been an absolutely amazing time right now to be a Rocket fan. This is probably the biggest thing that's happened to the Houston Rockets since they landed Tracy McGrady in '04. Just incredible. Obviously, the Rockets introduced Dwight Howard Saturday, um, and also had a fan rally. Thousands of fans showed up uh, in extreme heat outside to see Dwight Howard, Yao Ming, Akeem Olajuwon. Uh, and, guys, the, the big man is here, and the Rockets are ready to contend. Yeah, not to mention that also the uh, the Dwight mirror was really short-lived. You know, now, now the longest part of this whole process is the waiting until uh, late October, early November, when you really get to see everything come together on the floor. Yeah, you know, sitting back and watching that press conference, I was just thinking to myself, this – Les Alexander and Daryl Morey have worked tirelessly ever since the whole McGrady thing, trying to get that trying to get that marquee player, trying to get them into the position that they are in now, and just to see it all unfold, you know, see the rally, see the press conference, see everything. I mean, it was a great show, and I couldn't be happier right now. And if you're a Rockets fan, you're on cloud nine, as you should be. You know, Dwight Howard has been a guy Daryl Morey has wanted for years. I mean, the impact of Dwight Howard on any NBA team is tremendous on both ends of the floor, uh, and that's what he's going to be here. I mean, it, it's just it's amazing to think how far this team has come in 10 months. I mean, it's just it blows your mind uh, that they really took very little that they had to work with and turned it into two superstars and still great young players. And what amazes me about what they've done is that they haven't sacrificed their future at all. They've still got their first-round picks. Uh, as Dwight himself said at the press conference before they signed uh, Francisco Garcia, he was the oldest player on the team at 27. It, it, it just blows your mind. I think the Rockets have completely revolutionized how teams are going to be built moving forward. I don't think it's going to be easily duplicated at all. I mean, it's going to take a, a little bit of luck, similar to what the Rockets did as well, but uh, some of the tactics that they use will definitely be copied. It's unreal to think about just 12 months ago, one year, where this team was. I mean, we were looking at a team that, you know, was probably going to be led by Kevin Martin. And now, you know, fast forward to where we are right now. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible what Daryl has been able to do with the pieces. Like you said, we haven't really even sacrificed much. I mean, the fact that he was able to flip these guys like Kyle Lowry, you know, Amnesty Scola, Kevin Martin, and turn it into right now, James Harden and Dwight Howard is just incredible. Yeah. It is really scary to look at how good of a position they are in, 
um, like you said, and not having to mortgage the franchise to get it. Uh, you know, a one or two year title run, kind of like, you know, the Florida Marlins in 97 and 2003 had those two really good years and then just had to trade everybody away and get rid of everything. I think Houston, looking at the last two years, last three years before this, would have gladly done that. Hey, let's let's make a really good run deep in the playoffs. Anything to get out of that eight seed, nine seed range. But to be able to kind of have your cake and eat it too and have this long-term viability but also be a short-term, probably top four team in the West in a really, really good Western Conference uh, is really, really special. You know, I look, I think back to a year ago, not only were the Rockets in this situation where they really were a uh, middle-of-the-road team and, and didn't have many avenues, it seemed, to improve in the, in the short term, um, but you look at the Lakers. I mean, when they acquired Dwight Howard, beat out the Rockets for Dwight Howard. I mean, the Rockets were their, were their chief competitor in that trade. Uh, who thought that Dwight Howard would literally walk away from the L.A. Lakers and sign outright with the Rockets? I mean, a year ago, there were reports saying if the Rockets traded for Dwight Howard, he's saying he will not re-sign with them. <laughs> what a completely – I mean, it's amazing what they've done. In a to, year. Yeah. Just a year. It's the, crazy. They were repelling Dwight Howard with basically the way this team was built, and they, they go and add James Harden and prove to be this up-and-coming team, and that's attractive to Dwight Howard. And the Rockets just laid, I think, in my opinion, everything out for him. Um, he was just introduced at a press conference, as you guys know, Saturday. They had a fan rally. Um, it, it really went off without a hitch, other than the fact that they couldn't uh, get the tarp off of the, the billboard outside when they wanted to unveil it for about three or four minutes because it was so hot it had, it had actually melted <laughs> up at the top. They couldn't get cut it loose. Um, everything was just perfect. I mean, the Rockets were so well prepared for this. The artwork, the videos, the marketing that they had done. I mean, this was, it, it, you know, I, being there was just sort of a surreal experience as a Rocket fan. But afterwards, it was almost frustrating because there was this limited time to talk, and you've got, uh, you know, Dwight Howard, Chandler Parsons, Akeem Olajuwon, Daryl Morey, Les Alexander. Uh, they're all fielding questions, and, and there's just so much media there. Usually, I, I know most everybody, and seemed like over half the people there I'd never even seen before in my life, and you couldn't get to everybody. But it was, ju- you know, it was just a tremendous moment in this franchise's history, uh, and this team, in, in my opinion is going to be very dangerous for the next three, four years. Yeah, and, and certainly not to take anything away from what the front office has done, but great strokes of luck were involved in this too. I mean, you look back 9, 10, 11 months ago, who would have thought the Lakers would have been as bad as they were this last year? You know, you, We were talking immediately about Western Conference Championship, you know, contending with Oklahoma City. If they get there... This doesn't happen. Oh yeah. If, if you look no back, way. if you look back, and if David Stern doesn't veto the Pau Gasol, Chris Paul type trade, we, this uh, doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah I mean, um, we, there's no telling where this team would be had that deal not been vetoed. I mean, and and certainly if Harden, you know, if OKC is not in the position that they have to choose between, <laughs> laughable now, Kendrick Perkins or Harden, and they choose to deal with Harden, um, and we don't give up Kevin Martin and all this then this doesn't happen. So I think there's a lot of a lot of the stars were aligning to make this happen too, but credit again to the front office to sticking with the plan to going after a guy that they liked, sticking with the kind of the adversity that they went to, because obviously I think this team would have been good with Pau Gasol or you know some of these other pieces that they would have got, but they just stayed the course and again, 
great assets for the future, a great amount of draft picks, didn't sacrifice that at all, and now there's a chance to win now and for the next three years really, really good. You know, And that's why I think that what Daryl has done is not going to be easily duplicated because the OKC was such a unique situation that they had three guys that they had drafted over a, a three-year span, I believe, um, that all three were superstars, and one was was just hidden enough that you knew he was very good, but you didn't know he was this good. Um, and he was wanting this good money. He wanted that max money, um, and it just put them in a bind. I don't think you're going to see that situation very much. Um, and, and that's, you know, the Rockets beautifully took advantage of that, of that situation. They, they knew how good Harden was, and they knew featuring him was he would be this good, and uh, it worked out beautifully for them. As far as the Lakers, I personally believe they just flat out blew it. I mean, they, there were Absolutely. two things, you know, their loyalty to Kobe and their coaching hire. I think just cost them this whole situation. They could have made Dwight happy. I think they made it a, a hard thing for him, um, and it worked out perfectly. Yeah, and think about all the great players that have played in L.A. Uh, I saw a report that was talking about it. No one's ever left L.A. before. No one's ever left L.A. before. So the fact that Dwight did coming to Houston, I, I agree 100%. This was this is a lot also about the Lakers dropping the ball, but you know, I think <laughs> I think we're all okay with that. Yeah, but I think that that sort of contributed to them dropping the ball. I think it was sort of them putting their blinders on and saying, well, he's not going to leave. We can give him more money. Our team is still good. We'll figure it out next year. We've got good. We've got a really good core group of guys. You know, everyone, Kobe's going to come back. It'll be fine. Wipe the egg off your face, Laker fans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't choke on those sour grapes. Yeah. Well, you know, I think the Rockets now. I mean, they're, they're they look terrific. I, you know, the the Harden Howard pick and roll is going to be possibly the most deadly Best play in the, in the yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be lethal. I think. Uh, I do th- worry a little bit about your shooter situation simply because you know you did lose Delfino. Garcia should step in and do pretty well. Uh, I, I think Parsons and Lynn both. They had stretches last year where they looked terrific. I think Parsons definitely showed improvement, and Lynn at the second half of the year did as well. But I do, I'm do, i a little bit concerned about those guys being able to stay consistent around 40% for another year. Um, and that that's my next concern. I, mean, I think they've focused on a lot of shooters, but that's what this team needs to add. And the, what they've done with this superstar core is just going to make this team a, a magnet, in my opinion, for uh, good veteran players who get – waived from bad situations or who want out, you know, a free agent willing to take less money for a chance for a ring, similar to what you saw with Ray Allen and Shane Battier with Miami. Houston's now one of those locations. So I'm not too worried about the team right now as far as being able to contend, you know, right out of the gate in October. But I do think, uh, you know, this team's going to add those pieces later on. And we've talked about it a bunch in these podcasts. One of Daryl Morey's strongest attributes is being able to fill those 7 through 15 spots on the bench. So, and the fact that now Houston, as you said, is just going to be a magnet for those types of yes. players. I'm not, I'm not too worried about it right now. No, already added Covington, you know, who um, looked really, really good in the Miami or the, uh, excuse me, the Orlando Summer League. Um, I have no doubt that the shooters will be there. It would be nice to have a guy on the team above 40%. You know, at one point last year, I looked at Miami's roster and they had like seven guys above 40%. Um, and and that, a lot of that is to, to do with how many double teams that they command. The Rockets are in a similar situation. You know, Howard's going to command a double team. Harden can command those double teams. Um, it's notable that Howard has never averaged two assists a game in his career in any season. 
But I still think that with the help of Hakeem working with him a little bit, and certainly Mikhail, that there's going to be a lot of open shots next year. Without a doubt. Uh, another thing that came out of the press conference, and uh, you know, you could you could talk about it being spin or what have you, but is that Jeremy Lin and Omar Ashik are staying, at least you know, according to Daryl Morey, saying that Harden and Howard want these guys here. And obviously, it's sort of been the elephant in the room because there were yeah. several reports these guys were being shopped, reports of Ashik being you know wanting out, requesting a trade, and I think the biggest thing was Jeremy Lin, obviously not going out to the the uh, re- recruiting pitch. But also not tweeting out anything about, the, you know, welcome, biggest free agent, Houston, yeah, yeah. <laughs> biggest free agent out there signs with your team and he hasn't said a word, and and everything's been focused on James, Dwight and Chandler, and you know no one's talking about Jeremy O'Meara. It's easy enough to put tentatively, you know, tentatively not moving. Stuff can change. It, I think. Uh, a deadline deal or a even rumors of a deadline deal would certainly hinge a little bit on the play of Lynn, but also the play of guys like Demo and Jones. Because if you don't get any good play or if you're getting bad play out of your powered four positions, then you may be more willing to make a deal with Ashik for some other power forward that you feel like could step into that role a little bit better. Uh, although Jones looked great in the summer league, um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Demo uh, adding a few, adding a little bit of weight um, over the summer, and also what he can do in the pick and roll, being able to stretch the floor a little bit. Yeah, and Daryl alluded to it in his in his press conference. He was talking about you know uh, Omer staying, and he he was very frank. He said when Omer left the floor last year, we were terrible on defense. <laughs> we were we were terrible. So he understands the importance of having an elite defensive defensive center because let's. By no bias, Omer Oshik and Dwight Howard, you ask anybody, those are two elite defenders at the center position. If you can get elite defensive center play for 48 minutes a game, that's huge. Yeah, it, it is, and I, I agree it's going to be terrific to watch. You know, I mean, Omer becomes a backup center, at least according to Daryl. He's not a guy you're going to play with Dwight a lot. I mean, it, it may happen in certain matchup situations. I don't think it's going to happen consistently. It, it, just flat out, though, you look at the situation. It just, it. I don't think Omer lasts a year here. I mean, I just don't. I don't see it happening. Um, he's got two years left on his contract. He will not re-sign with the Rockets in two years because Dwight Howard will be here. Yeah. Uh, he's not going to stay here to be a backup. He is a starting center. I mean, he he led the yeah, league last year in total rebounds. I believe Dwight led the, the league in yeah. average <laughs> rebounds. How scary I mean, is that? Yeah, you have two of the very best rebounding and defensive centers in the league. Omer Ashik's not going to be here in a year. You, you, you probably won't be here past the trade deadline. I mean, because his the value on his contract for what he's signed for is too great. But the problem is that you know people are making it sound like they need to just move Omer Ashik because now they have a starting center. No, the Rockets have to get no. peak value for Omer Ashik, right. yeah. and so they're not going to be rushed into anything. Um, they're waiting for the right situation to line up and and i will be able to talk a little bit about uh, a rumor i picked up at press conference here in a minute but um i i that's something that uh you know they'll, they'll talk about him staying and lynn is it may be a little bit different situation than omer but uh i don't think ashik's going to be here a year you nailed it right there dave you nailed it they are if they do trade ashik they're going to want peak value for him and the peak value, if 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 they were to trade him, I'm going to put emphasis on the if, would be at the trade deadline. They could get a lot 
for Omar Ashik. It's too hard to go out and speculate who's going to be available at the deadline next year, but there's always some, there's always rumors flying around about some marquee player, you know, getting moved and, you know, Omar Ashik could be actually be that guy, <laughs> but he's going to have tremendous value at the trade deadline if they choose to go that route. Well, I hope he's not that guy. I hope that whoever that guy is is the guy we get back in return. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know, and as far as Lynn, I, I, like I said, I've always believed, even though there's lots of signs that his name was out there on the market, um, I've always believed that they won't deal him. I still think his value is, you know, he's a very good basketball player. Um, but as far as fit, I think that's that's you can definitely debate that. I did pick up from the press conference, the Rockets love Beverly. Kevin McHale loves Beverly. I mean, he was there. He's involved there. He's a very good, if not top defensive point guard. Um, and I think McHale loves that. He can, he can absolutely fill a role. With Lynn, he's you know a skilled offensive player who's not quite featured as much when you've got a James Harden alongside him. So it's a little bit different boat. I, I think – he stays, but it just it, similar to Omer. I think it just depends on what situation arises. They're not looking to dump Jeremy Lin. I think there's other teams that maybe were maybe making some offers, or not necessarily making some offers, but there were some conversations about it. Like you said, there was a lot of signs. Um, maybe they were just making him available to talk about, but not necessarily shopping him as much as they were saying, you know, if if we get if we get a good price, maybe maybe we make a deal. Well, you know, in Lynn's case, it's I think you give him a year um, and then you see how it goes. I mean, this is going to be a year where the Rockets are going to be able to test how they match up against the, the very best in the West. And as you guys know, once you get past that, you know, first round, it's all about matchups in the NBA. I mean, you, you could go all the way to the NBA finals if you hit the right matchups. Arguably in the, in the top four there, there's there's not anybody who has a really good center. I mean, DeAndre, if you're looking at the Clippers, the Spurs, the Rockets, and the Thunder being those those top four teams, if you put the Rockets there, um, Howard is elite. Um, the Spurs really don't have an elite center. They have a, a very elite power forward in Tim Duncan. Uh, DeAndre Jordan is not very good, I don't think. I think he's, he's serviceable, but his contract is terrible, so it makes me want to say he's even worse than he is. And then... Um, Bogut and Gasol is probably your yeah the two yeah well, yeah but we have I mean how how much time do we have we can make a bunch of Kendrick Perkins jokes <laughs> sure yeah but you know you talk about centers I mean you look at the point guards that, that those top five teams in the West have and they're all elite to to very good uh, and same at the same time those teams have great defenders to throw right. at James Harden Cephalosha mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard Tony Allen uh, Iguodala now on the Warriors so. Um, it's going to be interesting. I think the Rockets, uh, you know, when you shut down James Harden last year, you, the Rockets uh, ha- had some issues. So, they're, you know, it's not going to be the same this year now when you have Dwight Howard, but it's a big year for Jeremy Lin to see how he measures up against those guys. Yeah, and it's um, it's interesting, though. You, you look back and you look at back at the teams that have won championships, you don't really have to have an elite point guard in the NBA to win a championship. I mean, you look at oh, who, the last two years, Miami hasn't had – you, you can say arguably they haven't had good point guard play. And you look back, I mean, what, who was the last elite point guard to win a championship? Rondo? But he Tony. probably, he, he wasn't even that elite then. Maybe Tony Parker. You can make a case for maybe Billups at the time when he won it. You know, even the Lakers didn't have, Derek Fisher wasn't, was far from elite. 
and that's fine, but you still have to have a point guard who fills a role. This oh, be, you know, the top oh, guy. Absolutely. But, but just uh, talking, just talking in all those point guards in the West and how how good of how good the point guard players in the West. Um, I, you know, you're right. Jeremy Lin has to step up. Um, he has to have a good off season, and and Beverly does too. That they have to be very serviceable point guards, but they don't have to develop into superstars for the Rockets to be able to win. Well, here's you know something that's kind of interesting. Along the lines of the Lynn and Oshik uh, rumors, uh, and Matt Jackson is talking about this this morning. Um, that basically, that from what I, I had been told, as crazy as this sounds, the Rockets believed um, that at one point that they were going to get a deal done for Lamarcus Aldridge uh, with Portland, which is crazy, right? But um, not crazy considering that it's probably what you expect them to do. Uh, and I think that's also why you saw maybe Ashik and Lynn's names being out there and no one really coming in and saying, no, 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 that's not happening. Um, and it's also interesting because I look at it, the fact that they did strike a deal with Portland for Thomas Robinson just made me think, hey, those lines of communication were probably open. Now, whether Portland, you know, how close, I don't know, but whether Portland uh, was absolutely ready to do a rebuild or not, from what it was told to me that the Robin Lopez trade, where they basically got him for nothing, uh, I haven't reviewed that trade, but that's what it was told to me, sort of puts that on hold. Um, but if the Rockets, um, if Portland starts to fall apart, um, I think that's a team that you're going to you're gonna see the Rockets calling quite a bit about LaMarcus Aldridge because from what I understand, from what is told to me, Aldridge wants to be here. That's what he's been saying since the All-Star break and that he wants to, to be on the Rockets. Wow. Well, and that, and that, yeah, that's that's a really interesting rumor, um, and, and certainly when when you heard the rumors shortly before free agency and, and the draft that Aldridge kind of wanted out, and they were maybe fielding some offers for him. I, you know, I thought about the Rockets, and I thought about Lynn and Oshik. You know, they certainly have the point guard spot locked up with Lillard. He's had a great year, but one thing that strikes me with that is you talk about Oshik's value at the deadline, um, and them trying to really really push him for somebody good. I don't see Portland being a contender in the West. I don't no. see them I don't see them being a, a even a playoff team. You know, you you got to think um even Denver that lost a bunch is still going to be way ahead of Portland and Minnesota got a lot better. Um Dallas is probably ahead of Portland in the West. So the chance that I I feel like the chance that they are a contender for even a playoff spot I think are really low so hopefully those lines of communication stay open. Yeah, there are too many right now that are planning to contend in the West. Yeah, or planning, it, planning to make the playoffs, hoping to make the playoffs. I should say it's it's scary because I, like I said, I thought I think Minnesota had a good off season. I, I like that they got Kevin Morton and, and Bunninger, especially under Adelman, who they both and played Corey for. Brewer and Corey Brewer. That's right, and and. Most of all, they got healthy, which is going to be huge for them. So they, they're a team that was nowhere near playoffs last year who could sneak in and now get an eight spot, and you could see a team like the Lakers miss the playoffs. It's interesting, too, because you know you, the name LaMarcus Aldridge has been thrown around for a while. I mean, you know, he's a guy, he's from Dallas, played his basketball in college at UT. And I think if you asked a lot of Rockets fans, you know, if you could have the ideal four right now to match up next to Dwight Howard, I think the one, the two names you'd hear are, you know, Kevin Love, which Kevin Love's not going anywhere, and LaMarcus <laughs> Aldridge. If Daryl Moy were somehow able to land LaMarcus Aldridge with this team right now for, I, I'm, I'm guessing, this is the first time I've heard this rumor, 
Um, I'm guessing it would be for a, a, a package centered around Oshik and Lynn. Is it just Oshik? What, what, what else did you hear about? I, I don't. I mean, all I know is all I would know for sure is that Oshik would be in there. I, I don't. I didn't hear anything about Lynn uh, for sure. But I mean, I, I and I, again, I haven't crunched the numbers on it either. What you know, I'm sure that you know, as far as salary matching and things like that, it might have to be the case. But I, I, I can guarantee you that if they were to work a deal for for Aldridge, you can you know. Kiss those draft picks goodbye. That's when you yeah. sacrifice. You know, <laughs> yeah. That's when you start sacrificing the guys and the, you know, uh, and any other, you know, talent that you may have in the pool. But uh, you know, to me, it, it is a little bit interesting because Portland just, you know, made a trade for Thomas Robinson, so they look to be a team you think uh, with Damian Lillard and, um, you know, I think they just drafted C.J. McCollum. They. they you would think are a team that's building for the future and whether LaMarcus Aldridge being a max contract is in their future or not. I don't know, but I definitely think the Rockets are going to be keeping a close eye on that situation. I could see if Portland falls well short of the playoffs again, I could see them looking to make a deal. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think any team's looking to blow it up. Um, You know, teams like Dallas and Portland that are going to be on the edge in that nine or 10 spot that have a, have a, a superstar or a couple good players aren't looking to blow it up. Um, so, you know, probably wise for them to sign a guy like Robin Lopez to fill that that gaping hole at center and wait it out to the All Star break, wait it out to the trade deadline. But I, I just I don't I think the writing's on the wall. I just don't see them being very good. I, I think this is this is something that um, <laughs> now that you bring it up, I think people are going to want to keep their eye on all year long and try to try to put. They'll spend a lot of time on the ESPN trade machine making this work out. <laughs> sure. Well, you know, as far as summer league, I don't think there's a whole lot to talk about. I watched all those games. I thought this was probably the most boring summer league I've ever seen. Isaiah Cannon out. Uh, you know, Beverly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jones was interesting to me, but Jones he dominated. I, I thought he was he outstanding last year's summer league. Right. Yeah. It just, just it, you know, to me, it's it doesn't doesn't tell me anything about Jones. I really wanted to see Isaiah Cannon. Robert Covington is an interesting player to me. I, I he. Obviously, fell on our radar the moment the Rockets gave him guaranteed money at a time when that opened a lot of eyes. Yeah, when they need when they did every dime of cap room they can, they gave him 150 grand, a guaranteed on the cap. Short of a player option, that's that's still pretty scary to give somebody like that, you know, for Daryl Morey. That that does open eyes. Yes, and you know, six foot seven, six foot eight, small forward, uh, who can shoot. Morey calls him an elite shooter uh, coming out of college, so. You know, there's there's potential there, and they're they're um, bringing B.J. Young in f- uh, for the team as well. Um, so that it you know I it did turn out okay as far as a few nuggets for this team, but you know without with Isaiah Cannon sitting out the whole time, and there was no secret. They they made it sound like you know hey I may be going today, but he let the cat out of the bag after the first game, telling uh, some local reporter that you know he and the Rockets plan on sitting out the whole time. So it just made it sort of a non-event for me. Summer league, I watched it, but it just it just didn't appeal to me. Yeah, with all the Dwight Howard stuff going on on the side, it was just I kind of exactly. got the same feeling. It just it wasn't a very interesting summer league, but I, I took away the same. I only got to watch a couple games. I thought the game uh, Terrence Jones didn't really surprise me at all. He, he is what he is. He dominates those types of you know summer league D league. He he she what he Terrence should. Jones is doing. He should have been doing it. Um, Covington, I thought Covington looked really good. He's got a smooth stroke, you know. With Dwight Howard, you're going to need some shooters, so hopefully he can pan out. But I kind of took away the same thing as you, Dave. I thought it was kind of a boring summer league. Yeah, it would have been nice uh, again for AT&T subscribers to watch it. That's that's almost like the biggest news that could happen between now and November um, is if an AT&T or Dish or Directv deal gets done. <laughs> yes. 
yes, hopefully, hopefully this Dwight Howard stuff pushes that in the right direction, yeah, not I hope the wrong direction. But I, I, it's just so. Oh, the Astros are about to come on, man. They're about to come <laughs> on. You know, and it's just it's. I, and I don't want to get onto that topic, but it's such a tough situation because. You know, from what I gather for years, you know, that they're going to be paying these FSN fees, you know, from they're still paying the fees for Fox Sports. And so they feel like they're, they're stuck, you know, CS or the, excuse me, providers are, are stuck paying for this. And from what I understand, CSN wants something comparable to what FSN ha- had that, that same rate. Um, and they're not giving it to them because they had signed this long term deal with FSN. So it's, um, it's just it's not it's not a good situation for any of us. I hopefully that you know adding Dwight Howard will change things, but I I'm a little bit uh, skeptical. You're skeptical. Oh, I mean, yeah. we went through a whole we went through a whole year without Rockets basketball, so you know there's not much to <laughs> there's not much to be optimistic about when we're talking about the CSN TV deal. <laughs> right. Oh. No. Well, all the Rockets are going to be in LA this week coming up, so it's gonna we'll probably get you know have some some news trickle in from there. But uh, just exciting times right now, man. This is just great. I mean, I, I it, just cloud nine, baby, cloud nine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if people. I got to tell you, fans that haven't posted in like ten years are returning. They're just like, it's <laughs> like the buzz you know, is real. The yeah, buzz is real. <laughs> it's rekindled the passion, and it's nice to see the Rockets. I mean, their, their name is up there with Miami in the same era that Miami's contending. I mean, they're not, you know, number one, number two type team, but I mean, they should be. They should be able to step into this season and prove that they're a top contender. So it's just fantastic they were able to do it so quickly. Yeah, this this fall is going to be incredible between you know the start of basketball season, the Texans looking to be a contender. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be an awesome time in Houston. The buzz is going to be back, and whew, I am very <laughs> I couldn't be more excited right now. I, I seriously I feel like a kid on Christmas every time I go to Clutch Fans and I look at all these you know. People are just talking about how excited they are, you know, rumors. It's just – and a lot of it is speculation before when you look at it, and it's it's here now. It's here. It's real. The Rockets are contenders, and I'm, I'm just like everyone else. I'm waiting for November to get here. Yeah, and as, as much as I made the joke earlier about the Astros, they're going to be pretty exciting over the next few years as well. Um, you know, it's it's notable that Jared Kozart took the, the no-hitted mid into, what, the sixth, seventh inning? Uh, last week against Tampa Bay, who had won eight in a row. But don't forget, he's like the third best player we got in that Hunter Pence trade a few years ago. So seeing all these guys come up is going to be a lot of fun, uh, in addition to the Texans staying very, very competitive and the Rockets uh, being an elite team in the West. Absolutely. All right, guys, we'll do it again here soon. But that was the big one, man. We finally reeled in the big fish after years of disappointment. Thanks for, for doing this with me. No problem, Dan. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Dave. Thank you.